Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's cup of Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. I'm Naomi. And I'm Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of questions from a couple of listeners. Hell yes. That's the vibe. Couple, couple, couple. Yeah. Get with it. The vibe. (laughs) Get with the vibe, okay? God, nothing reveals my age more than when I try to, like, say, like, yeah, what's the vibe on TikTok? (laughs) (laughs) The vibe on TikTok. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you fought in World War II. <laughs> How are you doing, my love? I'm doing all right, you know? Um, like uh, Tara Wack once said, I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right. Who? Philadelphia rapper Tara Wack. Andy, why would I know that? Philadelphia rapper Tara Wack. I think she's pretty well known. Well, you know I'm not urban. <laughs> I'm gonna say hip, and then you turn to urban. 
<laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Uh, I said more Mabel drama. I will not talk about it here. If you really want to hear it, it's on the page. It's on the page. We're coming. We're crawling out of a hole, feeling good, feeling great, trying well, to just get back right. Well, I, I mean, uh, we got a great guest this week. Well, I mean, this episode is, as I think the kids might say, the bomb.com. <laughs> now that's old. Would you say this episode slaps? <laughs> We have, you've already heard her dulcet tones, the hilarious, the wonderful Kate McCucci. Kate is one half of the musical comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates, and she is a voiceover queen. Her, You can now see her, the newest show is called Ada Twist Scientist, which is a very cute show on Netflix, a children's show, from the creator of Doc McStuffins. Which I just really, I've, I've always loved the name Doc McStuffins. And I think Doc McStuffins is a little black girl, so oh. I'm into it. And Ada Twist Scientist is also a young black girl, so oh. I'm just like very into the whole vibe. It'd be really funny if Kate voiced the little black girl. <laughs> Kate is, a, is the, I think she plays the mother of a quirky white child, which is right. Yeah. Kate's great. I mean, I don't know. I think we talk about it in the episode, but like we uh, went over to her and her husband's place uh, a couple months ago. And it was just another one of these things. She's so nice and mm-hmm. so like open and we like her and get along with her. And it was just another one of these things where it's like, all right, we do think LA is a hellscape. However, there yeah. are moments, there are pockets, there Lovely. are people that yeah. make us feel at home here. Exactly. Lovely people. And we're like, that, that is very, very nice. Yeah. But um, before, before we, we get, get into, whoa, <laughs> oh! <laughs> Before we, we get, get into, into Kate, the episode, the episode, oh. uh, a couple follow-ups of yes. advice questions we did. Now, uh, this is the first one comes from Bridger, Bridger's episode. Okay, okay. Bridger's at now, if you remember, someone wrote in and they uh, they asked the question: uh, Should she move in with her boyfriend? Right. Uh, the boyfriend still lives at home. He doesn't want to pay rent. He he wants to. He will pay a mortgage but he right. has some he kind of like rent, moral problem or s- political problem with paying rent mm-hmm. i and, get it and get she it. has and she's in a tiny apartment he's with his she parents. lives yeah she lives in a garage i believe yeah yeah, yeah she's in said. a house with like a bunch of other people and she's right. like she wants to move out of there uh it's just like her and her dog so naomi do you want to read she yes. she wrote us back after we gave our advice yes and sh- here's a little update OMG, I finally heard my question answered on this week's episode with Bridger Weiniger. I cried, in a good way. That was the second question. Thank you so much. I appreciated the advice. I have basically followed it in the months since I sent that voicemail, and I feel like my boyfriend and I have continued the conversation and are taking some steps in the right direction, though slowly. I forgot to mention the voicemail because I was so scared about running out of time, (laughs) but this is my first long-term relationship that I started at the age of 28. I wish the garage I lived in was like the one from Growing Pains, LOL. Also, if you're curious about my toy poodle, her Instagram is at Jingjing the dog. X-I-N-G, X-I-N-G, the dog. She is a cancer survivor like Mabel. Thanks again. Also, you guys were right on the money. We are in the Inland Empire. It's still not that cheap. (laughs) I took a swing, by the way, I just said, because we're like, well, if you're going to move in together in Los Angeles or New York or something like that and buy a house, you're going to be waiting you know, decades to, exactly, to exactly. earn that money. But if you're somewhere else, and I just took a swing and said, yeah, like, what about the Inland Empire? Yep. I bet houses are somewhat affordable there still. Yeah. Apparently not. Mm-mm. Just wait, everyone. The commercial real estate market is going to crash soon. Andy's keeps telling me that. It's going to cause a huge depression, but yeah. I think the ripples will make uh, real, normal real estate, residential real estate, 
more for fingers crossed you know fingers, fingers crossed. crossed for a collapse and a depression <laughs> <laughs> all right um now we have one more follow-up now naomi if you remember in the past two episodes we've been getting a lot of uh advice for blue now yes. if you remember during michael seal Crichton's episode blue Sending a voicemail. A married woman with kids, and she and her husband uh, very rarely have intimacy. <laughs> Just intimacy. Uh, we gave some advice. A lot of people wrote in with advice of yes. their own, which we played or read over the last couple episodes. Now, now Blue, Blue herself. Blue herself has come to give us a follow-up, and I could not be happier to right. he- that, she, that she is returning to us, is what I mean, because I don't know what she's going to say. I haven't listened to it yet. All right. Here we go. Hi, um, this is Blue, um, you both, and Michael Cyril Creighton. I feel like I can never pronounce that right. I wrote it down and everything. I even looked on Google for how to pronounce it, and I still am not getting it. But you all responded so thoughtfully to my dilemma of being um, in an essentially sexless marriage to a man I love and am committed to. This is my second try with the messages because I feel like I can like, do better than my first weird one. Um, and so, okay, I apologize for putting you on the spot about your sex stuff and sex negative and all that. Um, but so thank you for keeping it super light and honest. Um that was great to hear and I knew it was like an extra special day and but then even more extra special um when after learning that um Michael's dog is named Sharon I went to hang out with a new friend later that day and her dog is also named Sharon um that's amazing right um, and she has another dog whose name is Snout. <laughs> another fabulous thing. Okay, but I digress. Um, I'm just so uh, grateful for the abundance of responses from other listeners. It just feels so amazing. Um, it's like you two are like this channel for all that universal love and human connection and it's so rock star too. I'm I'm gonna try it all. I'm going to ask about kinks. I'm gonna do MDMA. I'm gonna read the polyamory books. I'm gonna do all of it. Yes. Um, so yeah, vulnerability and truth and all that. I feel very special. Um, and also comfortingly normal too. Um, I. It's just. I feel so lucky that for all that there's even more responses and I can't wait to hear them. Um, all of this has been my like most meaningful uh, celebrity encounter. <laughs> um, and I stood in line for an airplane bathroom next to Lou Reed. And then when he came out of the bathroom, he held the door for me. Um, so, saying that this is more meaningful than that is like really saying something um thank you so much i actually love you guys and uh i hope you're having a wonderful day thanks again bye-bye okay i'm obsessed with blue blue might be my favorite person because i just love between being like i looked up how to pronounce the name but now i don't know if i'm gonna do it to being like i'm gonna try it all every suggestion 
I love it. Can you imagine being a famous person having to use a public bathroom? And like, <laughs> what if like, I don't know, it stinks afterwards. And yeah. someone's like, man, Lou Reed stunk up a bathroom. <laughs> and Lou Reed, I mean, that's his legacy now right. because he's famous. Right, 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 right. Which is why you probably can't. Velvet Underground, more like his Velvet Underpants. I don't know what that means. but I don't either. I will allow it, though. I will allow it. Um, smell of it underground in there. <laughs> I, you know, that's so just not the point of Blue's letter, but yes, the smell of it underground. <laughs> yes, we'll allow it. I'm so glad to hear that Blue feels like she's got a plan and some things she's willing to try and, yeah, you know, felt some connection because it can be so hard talking about relationship stuff and talking about, yeah. especially when you're like, you feel like you're in a situation that you shouldn't be in like where you're like, well, isn't he supposed to want to, he, isn't he supposed to want to have sex and you know, something wrong with me and like all this kind of stuff. And you mm. know, I'm really, I'm really happy. The couples therapy crew really rallied around blue. Yeah. Okay. We rallied around blue, gave her some suggestions. And now, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Look, I went for the Lou Reed jokes because I was touched and I don't know how to access. I don't know how to like be vulnerable. I know. Really vulnerable. But like I it was, I thought it was, uh, uh, the stuff we said was very nice. And I know, uh, truly heartwarming. And, uh, and I am really glad that there is a nice, uh, a, a very nice community of uh, humanists. Humanists. Around the show. Truly. Tender humanists. <laughs> well, I think that's everything you need to catch up on, hey, yeah. guys. Hey, look, if there's a tender humanist we know. It's our guest today. So why oh don't, my God, yes. So why don't we get to it? Roll it! Right before we started recording, you said you thanked us for coming over to your place, but I wanted to start by say by thanking you for inviting us over because like we hate los angeles so much mm -hmm. and the only times we've ever felt good in this place are when we started to like hang out with people we like uh and feel part of a community here yeah and, and it's been so hard this past year to do that you know yeah and so you you inviting us over and us hanging out felt like part of a community eating a, a personalized bowls of potato chips <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I did that. Um, felt like like it, it was like, oh, okay, there are ways that we can like this town. Well, it's funny because like it was, I think I really like a hang. and But it's like one of those things too where I'm very, be, you know, what is the word? I'm very self-conscious. And so like I was like really in my head being like we, ha we cannot um, outstare a welcome. That's like my big nightmare is like when you're at someone's house and then the guest is like, well. You know, like trying to get you out, but like, I never want that to happen. So Naomi I was, like, was very cognizant. Was just yawning for and, the listener. Yeah, just doing a stretch. You know, the sign that you're like, get out of my house. <laughs> and I, so I was like really nervous about it. But like deep in my heart, I could have stayed there all day. Oh, just, that makes me so happy. It, it was like, okay, we have to leave. They have rich, full lives, and, <laughs> and there's a child to feed. Well, yeah, I think it's it's more. Uh, you know, I was like, you mind if we hang in the kitchen while I heat up some chicken nuggets? You know. <laughs> But I don't mind that. Like I would little like to me like Yeah, that's to me is the like true actual, friendship. Yeah. True friendship yeah. is like, yeah, I'm gonna clean the house and you could just like talk. You know what I mean? That's like so you don't need nice. to perform yeah. for a person or be like, Here you are, I've set out charcuterie. You know, <laughs> well, you don't you have know, to. It was our first time hanging out as like friends and so and also I 
I'm not great at having people over these days. I don't know. Like I've lost my the art of it in some way. So I remember feeling really self-conscious when all of a sudden we'd kind of settled in in Mikey's playroom, which was like a total <laughs> disaster. And uh, and I was just like, oh no, like we should we should move this you know party to a place that's a better scenery and not just like <laughs> <laughs> you know toys everywhere. And then, and then I think I was like, do you want to go outside? Like I didn't know. Uh-huh, I, I, uh-huh. I, I felt like I'm still like on you know training wheels of how to have guests over. Um, so thanks for bearing with me there too. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was gorgeous. It kept me young. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though, like I was raised on sitcoms and so my worry was like, Oh, what's going to happen? What's Mabel going to do like to like ruin this in some way? What, like, what is, what, what kind of sitcom in quotes, uh, farce is going to happen that could somehow destroy this burgeoning friendship and I kept like looking out for those things. Nothing ever happened. No, nothing happened. I didn't, God, I didn't, we're I didn't, sick. We're sick. Yeah. Like when you hear this out loud, it's like Jesus Christ, relax. <laughs> it's it's, it's one thing. Down, everyone. <laughs> it was one thing for that to live in my brain, and then I said it out loud, and I was like, oh, that's sick. <laughs> you know, I I really think I, I a lot of people are feeling this though. Of like, how how do we hang now? How what, what, do you remember how to hang? And I don't know. Everybody else has, I'm sure, different varying degrees of. Some people are probably listening going, I hang with my friends all the time, like, you know, whatever. But like, I, for us, it's been pretty locked down. And so it was really nice. And, you know, we had that run in, what was it, two years ago now, yeah. at, when we were having salads at Sweet Green, and we just happened mm-hmm. to share a table. And I thought to myself, oh, I can't wait to have you over. And then, <laughs> and then there was a, <laughs> and, then, and then it happened. Can I just remark about something quickly? Because we heard a rustling over in the kitchen to our right. And yeah, we look over. Uh, Mabel was somehow underneath, uh, we have like a little butcher block thing and there's like, like a cat. She somehow got underneath the like couple inches at the bottom of it and was doing something over there. Well, I'll tell you why I keep turning because she is running around this house, like licking the floor which is usually a precursor where she probably needs us to go eat grass, right? Like her tummy hurts. But then Kate, the real danger, I think that bitch went into the litter box. Which means nothing good can come from that. <laughs> I was like, you should if you ate cat poop, Ugh. nothing good is gonna happen. Uh, and so the whole time I just keep looking, I go, Okay, this, this is your dad. This is off the rails. This is off the rails. Off the rails. We I have wanna, got to focus. I wanna focus. We have to focus. <laughs> We're on the rails. The many loves of Nazareth, PA. What? Okay. <laughs> what a, oh, wow. I, oh, we're, we're really pivoting here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hard pivot. No, no, because I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, oh, you and I seem both very, like, kind of naive people, both from Pennsylvania. Yeah, not too far away from each other. <laughs> not too far away from each other. Grew up uh, around the same time. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering what was uh, what was the romance scene like in Nazareth, PA? The romance, the scene? romance scene in Nazareth, PA. Okay, well, I couldn't tell you because I didn't really start dating until after college. So oh, I really? didn't. I mean, I had crushes all through yeah. high school, of course, but um, I was really, really shy and um, kind of terrified of dating. So I didn't, and um, I have no idea. I, I, you know, in my mind. For me, growing up, dating was like uh, living vicariously through Angela Chase uh, in my so-called life. So I, I don't know. I guess it was uh, the romance scene in Nazareth where there was a Jordan Catalano. And a, no, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I didn't. I missed out. I missed out on high school. I wish if I could go back and talk to my younger self, I'd be like, date. It's, nothing bad's going to happen, you know. But I was scared. What were you scared was going to happen? Um, 
I don't know exactly. I think I also really liked feeling like I was, you know, not like the normal kids where everybody had a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I was like, I didn't, I don't need that. But of course I was always <laughs> crushing on people. But like, I I felt, I think it was safer and it was like, you know, it's, you can control your environment more if you just are by yourself and like, you know, like drawing in your room or building a train set, um, which is what I was doing a lot in high school. Um, so yeah, I think I knew I wasn't like a normal kid in some way where, you know, like just, what do they do? Go to the mall and stuff? Like I, that's very much like andy beckerman who's like what are guy culture beer i hard identify with this because that's what it was i was just like i i I mean i had friends and we hung out but like a lot of it was i had a girlfriend for about nine ten months that's pretty good i know i'm like this you like were out there in high school no i wasn't i it was just like we had been like circling each other Right, like right. And I knew she liked me, so it felt safe for me to like her. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, of course. There was no risk. Uh, I mean, there was, ri- I mean, obviously there was risk, but like it felt like I didn't have to like suss out whether she liked me. And so there was no risk in that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then and in dramatic. Did you like her? Yeah, I did. But in, in dramatic high school fashion, it then like flamed out into like a, uh, a, like she like le- she was going she was a year older than me and she was was going off to college and instead she uh didn't go to college and then moved in with uh the guy who created the very first pavement website <laughs> pavement you mean the 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 band pavement uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> he created oh, wow. the very first pa- fan sorry fan site that's why fan i started site. there for got a second got it got it was- so so yeah, so she had to. I mean, who can blame her? <laughs> <laughs> but wait, Kate, you said you didn't date till after college. Was that a misspeak or was it really after college? That was yes. I, I mean, I I think I went on a handful of I don't know if they were even dates. I would be I would I was never afraid to ask a guy like, "Hey, do you want to go get food or something?" Okay. And so I don't know if they saw those as dates because never did they lead to a smooch or anything. Um, so I think I was just kind of always hope, hopeful and like just like, oh, maybe this is a date. But no, I I didn't really. Ha- I mean, I think I went out on a few dates in college um, that were actual dates that like this guy asked me out and then and we did smooch. That's true. <laughs> um, but it was such that such like that was one time when I was 22, maybe. And then I really didn't start dating till I was like 23, 24. And then I jumped in hard. <laughs> so. well, what changed? I mean, obviously you graduate college, but you know, often, you know, college is where you think you're really sowing those oats. Yes. You're like, I'm unattended. But what was it about those couple years after? Were you living in New York or L.A. or L.A.? LA right? I, so I went to, I think partly, I, I went to three different colleges. One being Penn oh. State Berks, which is really close to where Andy grew up. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Keystone College, which is uh, in northern Pennsylvania. And I got an art degree, a two-year art degree. They only had, at the time, a two-year program. And then I transferred. Then I took a semester off and I went to Hawaii and I lived on my aunt and uncle's porch and oh. I slept in a really big chair and it was a what? great thing for me. Yes. And uh, my payment to them was that I watered all of their banana plants and pineapple plants every morning and I did all the dishes and um, they were just so sweet to house me basically as I was lost and didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was putting myself through college. So I think, you know, it's such an expensive decision and I mm-hmm. just wanted to make the right one. And then while I was there, I decided to go check out Loyola Marymount University, which is here in L.A. 
and I ended up transferring there. So I think partly because I was moving around, I never really settled mm-hmm. in and found a, a groove or had the confidence to date maybe. Mm-hmm. And then was also super focused on school. Um, I think too, because I was paying for it. <laughs> so it was just like, <laughs> I don't want to blow this. Um, and then, and I'm a very conscientious, I just found my journal from when I moved here because it's been 20 years. I just had my 20 year anniversary of being in LA when I moved here for college. And there was uh, one journal entry where I got an A minus and the teacher, so many kids in the class, I guess had failed or gotten, you know, really poor grades. And she wanted everyone to have a chance again to get a better grade. And um, in my journal, I wrote that I went up to her afterward and said, can I please try again to get a better grade? And she didn't. She thought I was joking. She's like, you got an A minus. What are you talking about? And I was like, well, there's still room for improvement. So (laughs) that kind of paints the picture of who I was in college. And um, I wasn't really focused on dating again. But then I graduated and I was living in this really cool house in the Pacific Palisades with a bunch of college friends which is a much longer story, but um, it was really, really fun. And this house was like, we called it the Boogie Nights house. It had like- <laughs> well, That sounds, da- that sounds yeah, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like 60s wallpaper and you know, it, kind of like our house now, but uh, b- grander in the sense that it was, you know, it was more of a big Palisades feeling house and had a, you know, just really decorative, um, just even the water spigot in the bathroom had like a little fairy sitting on a, uh, you know, it was just like really decorative and cool and 60s. And um, we lived there for a while. And it was while I was there that I kind of was like, oh, we'd have people over and parties. And it was, I got to be more of a normal 23 year old. But uh, okay. yeah, it took, yeah. it took a second. <laughs> How are you feeling those parties? I remember at that time that like I was very uncomfortable at parties and I it I, I was there because I'm like, well, I have to meet a woman. <laughs> That's why I'm going to this party. Right. If I was in a relationship, then I like didn't care about parties and I either didn't want to go or I was there and I would just goof off with friends. But like if I was not coupled up, I was like, this is why I'm here. This is the only reason why I could be at home watching Scrubs. Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I here? Oh, I hear you. I'd always be very uncomfortable. And I just, I would feel like the outsider and I would just like leave as soon as I could most of the time. And I didn't go to many parties at all. None really in college. Um, but it was after college and living in this house and living with really cool roommates who I, I loved. And we, they just threw parties. And then once through a huge party, they fixed a, um, Oh, what do you call it? Uh, like a foam machine? Like that oh, would like yeah, spew yeah, yeah. foam onto the roof. And oh it was spewing foam onto <laughs> oh, the... And, and so there was like a foam party in the backyard. And I had invited... I've, I always had crushes. I had invited about, I think, five guys I had crushes on. And they all <laughs> nice. showed up. Cast oh, a wide net. Yes. And they all showed up. And it was amazing. And then like I remember in, this night was a great night. And I was just like, oh, I feel like I'm in one of those movies, like movie parties. Like a party that uh-huh. I would watch... And I yeah. finally felt like I was doing it. And I, but then <laughs> like, I was like, I'm going to be so cool. And I um, was like, hey, everybody, I'm making pancakes. And so <laughs> I just made pancakes at the party for whoever wanted them, chocolate chip pancakes. And I thought, wow. I am nailing this, you know. That sounds amazing. Um, like the most perfect party ever. If there was a pancake option at a party, I'd be in. I just need oh. like dogs and some real good food and I'm in heaven. 
I, I later the next day woke up and there were like random people sleeping on the floor, which I think is a sign of like a real party mm-hmm. uh, when you're 20 something. And then uh, and I had the, the cops did show up just to say to be quiet, um, mm-hmm. which I think is also a sign of a successful college party. And then um, uh, I had heard that there were like drugs happening, but I didn't see any of that because I was making pancakes. So <laughs> <laughs> see, th- I, if there's one thing that I think that uh, uh, unites Kate, you and in my our, our souls. It wow, is the okay, idea of yes. like that there are, someone's like doing coke in the bathroom, but you're in the kitchen making pancakes. Literally, like, they were. Uh, th- I heard coke was happening in the laundry room, which shared a wall with the pancake kitchen. But I <laughs> so it was two <laughs> feet away from me. But I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that is my vibe to a T. Right. Yeah. It, right, it, right, it is right. like some like I remember walking into a party in college at my friend Jay's house. And people are around a table and like they're doing coke and I'm not really understanding what's going on (laughs) because like uh, uh, I've never seen people do coke in real life before. And so it's it's puzzling and I'm and I finally like figure out what's happening and then I just make a beeline for the potato chips. And then I spend a lot of time talking about potato chips with people because I'm freaked out that over there people are are snorting coke. Yeah, it kind of like would break like breaks your brain. I've I've only seen it one time. I know that sounds crazy, but uh and I But was you're just... part of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> You've only seen it one time. I mean, isn't it's... that that also shows you that my uh not going to parties has continued. Um but I I yeah, I saw it one time and it actually was a guy I was dating and I didn't know that he was into this and I and I my brain I just remember going like what? Like I, my brain broke. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Well, it's just, it's funny you talk about that because I remember like one of the moments I was like, oh, she's one of us was when we were going up, we ran into you in the lobby and we were both going up to the same party, you know, and uh, Andy and I were both like, like, oh Lord, I'm nervous. Or like, what are we going to get into, you know, and you were, and so were you, you and your, I guess you were married at the time. I guess y'all were married, right? But your husband, you guys came in and you were like, yeah, we just... We're just gonna do a quick in and out. These things really stress me out. Like when you said these stress me out, and I was like, in in my head, I was like, oh, these are your people. You know what I mean? Like you're out people you already know, and and so when you were just like, oh no no no, I can't. And then I do think you guys left after half an hour. Like I feel like you really did leave immediately. I I, this makes me sound like I'm just such a a fun person at parties. Um, (laughs) No, I I love it. But I just don't. You love the feeling when you get home and you can like take off your bra. Well, Andy, you wouldn't know, but like, and you're just like, I'm home. Absolutely, (laughs) jeans for me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's true. It's true. Put on my sleep shorts. There's just something really comfy and just like there's nothing beats just turning on the TV after you know coming home and watching you know watching something stupid. Mm Hmm. Now, have you had a lot of BFs in your life? BFs meaning best friends. I'm also now boyfriends. Like, I, oh, boyfriends! I thought here I went best friends. No, that's sweet. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're very. You're wholesome, and that's what I. It's so funny because normally, like positive people, really irk me, and you are a positive person. I could really get behind. Like when we Marco Polo, it really does lift my spirits, and I'm like. Kate is such a good person. She is just a good person out in these streets. <laughs> thanks. I thanks for saying that. I love Marco Poloing with you, and it's just reminding me that I got to catch up on our polos. It's been a while. And I'll, <laughs> I'll get back to it. I'm really bad at Marco Polo, but when I am, when I get in a groove, I do it for a while, and then I kind of forget about it. But um, yeah. 
But uh, the boyfriend question, well, thank you. I, I feel like I, you know, I feel like our friendship is still so new, but I feel really excited about it. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I, <laughs> but I, I think I haven't had many boyfriends. I dated a lot. I like once mm-hmm. I started dating, I really did date a lot, but I really only had two, three, and they weren't for like that long. One for like a year and a half was the longest. And then when I met Jake, we met on Raya. Um, Raya. Yeah, that was his first Raya date, so he didn't really get to enjoy Raya. And you locked it down. You were like, there he is. (laughs) (laughs) But then, yeah, and then I just kind of jumped into, like, oh, no, okay, let's get married. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, how did, you know, as Garfunkel and Oates became popular, and then, you know, you have a TV show, you know, just like, I always imagine it's really hard to date or even just like make friends, right? BFs and BFFs, when you start to have a public persona and people have expectations of who you're gonna be. Um, did you find that to be the case? Um, I mean, I, I know I, it felt very interviewee. I didn't know how yeah. to like, make it sound natural. No. I was like so, very, I was, I'm always I so impressed when you like fall into interviewer mode. Are you really impressed or are you laughing at me? <laughs> Cause you say impressed, but you made the face like you were laughing. Well, it's, I find it funny. I find it funny when you jump modes. Well, all right, I'm a jumper. That's what I do. That's what I do. I jump. I pivot and I jump. Um, you know, I think I, when when Ricky and I were touring a ton, which we were, like it was, there was a time where it was at almost every weekend. Like I didn't really, I think that's when I really didn't have a boyfriend for a long time. It was hard. It was hard to date or to have anything consistent. There were times where we were gone four days of the week, you know, um, and mm-hmm. then we'd come back for a little bit and go back out again. Um, but we had each other, Ricky and I, which was so <laughs> nice, you know, like I would say that was like always such a strong relationship in my life that, you know, and we, you know, and we would talk about dating and all of that. We were often going through the same sort of like, you know, you know, crush boys and whatever it was, you mm-hmm. know. But, um, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't successfully really, I didn't date very well during that time. Um, but I, I don't know that it was for like what you're saying with like, okay. you know, success or anything. I think it was just more time. And um, I, I don't know, like, I've never felt like I... You know, I always just feel pretty normal, you know, <laughs> and I have a, I'm really lucky. I have a really great group of girlfriends and um, and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. But we 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 stay consistent about talking and hanging. And, and they were, you know, in my life at that time, too. So that was always really nice. But yeah, yeah. I think what's well, I was, I was going to say, like your public persona isn't that far from who you are as a person, the same way Naomi's public persona isn't that far from who she actually is, too. So, like, there's not, like, a weird, I would assume, there's not, like, a weird navigating. Like, people don't, you don't have to worry about someone falling in love with your public persona and then. And then being shocked. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. exactly. But, Who are you? <laughs> but, but it's not, it's, I mean, I know that, but I think, I guess what made me ask is because just in general, especially in, in this town, you know, it can be so hard to know if somebody likes you or is like trying to network, you know, or thinks that like to be close to you will kind of rub off on them, you know? And so it's like, they sort of like you, but kind of for the purpose you serve for them, right? right? As opposed to you as oh, a person. I understand. And yes, I do think that sometimes that happened um, with, with dating, but you kind of can suss it out pretty quickly, I think. Um, yeah. And and yeah, so there were times where I'm like, I think this guy just knows that I was on this thing that he likes or something, or you know, I. <laughs> it, um, but but then, 
Yeah, I feel like when I met Jake, it felt completely different. Where I, it was just a, it felt like, I mean, it sounds so like cliche, but I was, it just felt like a completely different thing that I hadn't experienced before. But I was like, oh, this guy is different, and I feel like we're on the same page in a lot of ways, and um, and that happened really quickly. But now, why Raya? So for the listener, Raya is well, actually, Kate, as someone on Raya, you can describe it. Um. Well, I always say it's like the Soho house on a nap. <laughs> but I guess okay. And now helping. for the listeners, the <laughs> Soho house <laughs> is a club. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot of uh, you know influencers, um, people <laughs> on on Instagram, and now probably TikTok. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I don't know that world as well. Um, but then you know, people it's, with uh, big hats. I noticed anyway. a lot of hats. A lot of guys <laughs> holding speak. cameras. Yes, uh, they love to hold a camera. Their picture yeah. will be in black and white. A lot of private planes, uh, red carpets. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it's the type of, you know, I think it's, they say it's for creative people or something is the mm. way they put it. I'm not sure. But um, I'm grateful it exists because that's, you know, I, I feel like Jake and I would have met at some point because we have so many mutual friends, but who knows what that timing would have been. So um, yeah. yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just another dating app, but it's, it's pretty uh, fun. I had a good time on it. <laughs> so, but like, had you been doing apps before? You know what I mean? Was someone no, like, you gotta I'd try this one? No, I've only ever done one? Raya. I, that was the oh, only okay. app I ever did. Um, but I, I enjoyed having an app. I liked it. <laughs> it was like a really fun. I, I had a good time. I will say. What was the, what was the impetus to get on Raya? Like, if you had not been doing apps, if it wasn't like Tinder, and you're just meeting a bunch of like. Uh, Bushwick comedians who have <laughs> don't have a bed frame or whatever. Like, what was the, if you weren't doing that, and you're like, I gotta find a, n- another uh, class of person. <laughs> um, what was the impetus to try an app out? I think it was Raya was pretty new still. I think, and a lot of my friends were doing it, and it just seemed like I don't know. It just seemed kind of fun, and I was wanting to date, and I it just seemed like. I don't know. It was really like not peer pressure in the sense that people like do it. I was just watching my friends have a good time and I was like, I should try that. But were you like, so. I want a husband? Because you came out of it with a husband. It was yeah. that agenda. No, I mean, I actually don't. I, I wasn't even sure that I actually ever wanted to be married. I just kind of wanted to be like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Like, you know, don't <laughs> label it or anything. Um, but uh, but then it was nice because then Jake wanted to be married. And then there's sort of a nice thing when someone's like, I want to get married to you. You're like, OK, you know. <laughs> So it was sweet. I mean, we had talked about it, of course. I, I think I was just, yeah, you, you know, I he seemed, he was different. I was totally like head over heels. And then when he said he wanted to get married, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's get married. <laughs> so what but, was um, different about Jake? Like when you, you said that there was something, have you thought about what yeah, that is? I, it's, I mean, I think I can't explain it, but I felt so comfortable with him and I felt completely myself with him. I didn't mm-hmm. feel nervous. I felt really safe. I know this is sounding probably so cheesy, but it no. was our second date where I was just like, whoa, this, this is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I, I was like, I can't ignore this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I had had a knee injury cause I had, um, <laughs> I had uh, fallen really bad when I was skiing 
at Sundance that year, and I um, okay, Kate, <laughs> I can't with you. What, Kate's what? life is iconic. Okay, <laughs> she was like, I was skiing at Sundance, um, and it impacted my Raya date. Yeah, I was I limping just... around, and and Jake was really patient and sweet about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's really paying attention. Like he's a really good guy. Um, so I think me having a knee injury and not being able to walk very well was like a helpful sign. <laughs> Did you ever think in Nazareth, PA, <laughs> you would say a sentence, I hurt my knee skiing at Sundance, and uh, it, ch- it, it it changed the course of my riot date? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but when you put it that way, that's really, that's what happened. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. I mean. But, you know, I used to teach skiing, so I think I would have been like, wait, I fell? Like, how bad was it? <laughs> You ta- oh, you used to teach skiing, so you're like the real deal. Where'd you go, no, Blue Mountain? No, I'm definitely at Blue Mountain. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it was about 20 minutes from where I grew up, and my brother and I taught skiing. But I, I should say I'm not a great skier by any means. I taught the little kids, like so. I, the like the three year olds that you would just like send down the hill, and they don't fall because they're so close to the ground. So okay. I mean, I really, I wasn't a great skier. I was, I, I, I can ski and make pretty lines or whatever, but I'm not fast and I'm not dangerous. Um, can you do that thing where the person, like, when they're done, they, like, ski up, they turn, and then they spray snow on people? Yeah, I can do that. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, that's legit. That's enough for an 80s movie. I'm in. I'm in. Wait, wait, can we go back to the second date for a second? Uh-huh. What what did you guys do? Oh, well, we were supposed to have brunch. And so we had brunch. And then he Jake really likes looking at um, real estate. And I do, too. And so <laughs> we decided to go uh, look for houses together. And we pretended what? we were married. And we and then I'll never forget. We went into one and the realtor said, oh, where where do you live? And we both like like a movie said different places. And we were like, oh. <laughs> I think he was like Echo Park, and I was like Silver Lake, and it was just like, uh, oh, um, caught. <laughs> kind of in but between. It was, it was really fun, yeah. Um, and it was just a really fun date, and then it went until like 5 p.m., and then I had a different date that night. Wow. And I okay, left, iconic. And I went to that date. Um, and, and you were uh, bored the whole time. You were like, oh, you're not Jake. I, I was just, yeah, I, I kept thinking about Jake and I was like, why am I on the state? But because I, I am I, I am a follow throughher, mm-hmm. I was like, I still have to go on the state I committed to. Um, and then the next morning I called him and I said, I, I really like you. And, and that date didn't go, you know, it was, wasn't anything. And I, I really would like to see you again. And then that was it. Ooh, this is gorgeous. This Wait. is gorgeous. <laughs> Well, because it's like the way you describe yourself is like, I got to bring up that A minus. I think you just like pulling yourself through college, honey, just doing the work. And then you were just like, all right, you want to get this? I'm over here. Like you became very, it sounds like a very focused, very confident, very direct, you know, like it's, it's a real, it's a story of a woman finding her, (laughs) stepping into her power. And that's gorgeous. Thanks. Um, you know, it's nice to rehash it with you guys and feel like, oh yeah, that's right. I mean, it wasn't all that long ago, um, but yeah, I feel like it. You know, it's nice to rehash a, a love story. I guess. <laughs> Did you when when he proposed, and you said you had been talking about it? Like, did something besides him just saying? I, I want to marry you. Was there anything else that like changed your mind about marriage? Cause like I had just grown up assuming I would get married because that's like, I don't know, just a, 
it just seemed like I'm supposed to do things. Like there's certain things. Right. And then it was like with Naomi, I'm just like, oh, no, no, I actually want to. Yes. Yeah, I think, I mean, I definitely, I did want to for sure. I feel like, um, but I I think in my mind, I'd always been like, no, I'm not going to get married. I don't need to get married. And I think it's also different for a woman. I don't know, Naomi, if you felt that way, but it's like, you know, the traditional thing where it's like, oh, you take the name of the man. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just like all of the, all of the political and like the government part of it that feels kind (laughs) of weird. Um, So I guess in some way I was like, I don't need to do that. Uh, But, you know, I think, you know, and also now we, we have a kid together. So I feel like even if we weren't to get married, our lives would be exact. You know, it's like once yeah. you're sharing, once you're sharing a human, you're pretty, pretty married. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're bound for life. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's beautiful. Can I ask uh, one question? I can't. You- sure. I'm so eager to get to our question. I will. One last thing. When you saw your boyfriend, did you actually see your boyfriend do coke or... <laughs> You like, oh, witnessed it or that you just guy? Heard it? Yes, I yeah. It was we were making a movie and um he I, we were on the back of a I he was in the back of a truck like with all the equipment and then I saw him do it and I was like, "Wait, what, did I just see that?" Yeah. But this was so long ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, I did physically I saw it with my own two eyes. Cuz I just had to have like a girl I was kind of dating, I don't know what you want to call it, but like she told me like all the drugs she had done and that just her telling me was enough for, to freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's hard when you're kind of, you know, you and I both were raised in kind of a bubble in Pennsylvania. And, you know, I, I feel like also even my my mind toward drugs now is different than it was back then. too. I was such a like very like black and white about it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, granted, I've never tried Coke, but um, I feel like, you know, it's. Yeah, everybody has their own thing, so I can't. I, I try not to judge. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah, I don't judge anyone else, but it does. It does freak me out when it's in my yeah. proximity. Yeah, totally. And I think you know, it was, that for me more was like, oh, this guy I'm dating is I don't know him. You know, like this is uh-huh. a different. You know, that yeah. was a really reveal. What it came, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Especially because like he was with the equipment doing coke. I was like, it's like, sir, is this the time or the location? <laughs> yeah, that you're also speaks to something else, right? <laughs> like, I need my ideas. I need to get my ideas. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. We won't allow it. No, no, no. We don't support it. Um, but yeah, so on that, the, sorry, that was the last thing where I'm, because I was still in that headspace. Where <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't let go of the cocaine. Let go of the cocaine. I got to know. Uh, <laughs> why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we'll answer your advice question. 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, y'all. Wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles. Plus, lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds, and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. With Kate McCoochie, honey, here to handle your scandal. Kate, part of why we grilled you is because we're going to be answering listener questions, okay, about family, friends, relish, whatever we're getting. And it's just important for the listener to know where you're coming from. You know what I mean? What's your background? What's informing your feedback? And first up, we got a voicemail. Yeah. Now, I listened to just enough of this to make sure to figure out what to call it. Um, in my little book here. Uh, and I think it's going to start off, it's going to be like, oh, I don't know if this is any of our identities. However, I think it gets into something that we can all talk about. So here right. we go. Hi, Andy, Naomi, and esteemed guest. This is actually my first time calling into a podcast, but I feel like this is a safe place to talk about my mommy issues. <laughs> I have some deep-seated ones that I am unearthing for the first time because I'm a bisexual woman dating a woman for the first time. Um, and just to be clear, I have made it very explicit that I am not comparing the two. I love my mom and my girlfriend separately, <laughs> um, but I do have to pause the conversation if we're, like, having a conflict and I'm being triggered so that I can then process that trigger during therapy. Um, And so the biggest problem I'm having, you guys, is that my mom and my girlfriend are both external processors. They just have to let the pressure valve out and get their thoughts out there. Um, And sometimes there's conversations with me mixed in there, but for the most part, like, they could be talking to me or a plant, or a stranger. They just need something to bounce their words back at them. And that's um, a lot uh, for my brain. So I would like some normal ways for me to protect my listening ears. Um, I've learned some very unhelpful, not great girlfriend of the year techniques to do that. Some examples. Um, I'll just walk out of the room when I'm done listening. That's been pointed out to me. Uh, doesn't feel great, but it's obviously something that I started doing when I was a kid because it would be the only way that my mom would stop talking to me is like, oh, hey, I'm out of the room. She can't talk to me because I'm not here. Um, some other things that I would do as a kid would be to uh, tune out and pretend to listen. That one's not great. When I catch myself doing that, I have to be like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wasn't listening. Uh, here's the last thing I heard. You want to go back and try that again? Um Uh, This last one, which is really not great, I would avoid eye contact with my mother because if we lock eyes, she gets chatty, and if I'm, like, needing to be somewhere, 
um, she starts talking, and I don't know how to get her to stop without being rude. Um, so, yeah, working on it in therapy. But, you guys, if you have any normal, constructive, <laughs> um, rooted in love and kindness ways to maybe stop the talking process and, and you know, maybe give me some, some breathing room, um, some ways to... Um, just calmly um, say that I, I can't listen right now. That'd be great. Um, and if any of this resonates with you, if you have your own, like, stories similar to this, that'd be great. Um, probably not, though, because <laughs> I feel crazy saying all of this out loud. Um, help me be normal. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. <laughs> Oh, oh, I really like her. She's so sweet. <laughs> and isn't it funny how we oftentimes find our parents in our relationships? Like it's she's saying yeah. that her her if I she's saying her girlfriend is like her mom where they both Is that did I get yeah, that? Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is funny how we find that again. Uh I don't know. <laughs> I know you have to be like, I can't listen to this anymore. Like just really saying directly, or you could also just put on headphones. That's a li- no. See, she's, <laughs> no, no. She's asking if there are ways that are healthier than the ways that she's been doing. It. I, I think know. you get a mannequin and you get a wig <laughs> that looks like your hair, and you uh, put sunglasses sunglasses on it, and you just roll in that mannequin when the when the monologue starts, and you yep. go and watch some TV. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wish that was the case. That I don't Wait, know. right. Or get, just get those stickers. Get those eye stickers. You could put on your eyelids. So you close your eyes, but it looks like your eyes are open. Yes. <laughs> but I think it is just saying like, hey, I can't listen to this. Or like, I mean, I don't I don't mean, because what else would you say? You'd just be like, hey, like, I just can't have, I can't listen. I can't take you unloading on me for however yes. long this is going to be. And it seems like that's what you would have to say. And I think that that that's, that's the the issue is like, they're, we- they're weighing her down. Like, like, I feel like, yeah, I, I I don't know how. She, I mean, her, this is a really tough one because she's really she's asking what's the polite, chill way to do this, and I don't know. I got an idea. Set a time with your girlfriend where you think you can talk about these things, or you listen, know, or listen. So basically, being like, I don't, I can't listen to this right now. Can we talk about it like at X time yes, or X date? Pick a specific time. Mm-hmm. Don't like, don't just say later. Say, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. you know what? At like, let's say, two p.m. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my head right, and yeah. then I'll be able to listen to you. That way, it's not just like floating off in the ether, and it's actually like right. tethered to the timeline. And I wonder, was it, was she saying that it's stuff involving their relationship, or is it just whatever's happening in this person's life? That I she's think it was just whatever's to? happening. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. I think I think that's a good idea. Like you could even almost like, like have a jar, and you could write down the things that you need to get off your chest, and then put them in the jar. And it, then, like at two p.m. or whatever time, if when you pick it out of the jar, you're still feeling that passionate about it, because mm. often sometimes it's just time, and then you're like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to talk about this anymore. Yeah. So, because it is unfair of someone to just unload all of their shit on another person. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. unless unless the other person's down, which can be really exhausting. I don't know. This this is a tough one. Because you want to do it out of love. 
Yeah, but I think it's also in, like explaining, you know, I think the key to when we say something to someone like, I need you to do this or uh, I don't like when you do this. I think it's important to really kind of say why, meaning like when you unload on me, I find it really overwhelming and jarring. And especially when it comes out of nowhere, because it just kind of like hijacks my day or takes up time. Mm -hmm. I think it's setting that up first, right? Kind of explaining the way it makes you feel. And then for that reason, can we like, can we, can we talk about this tonight at eight o'clock after we've had dinner and things are kind of mellow, right? Or being like, can we talk about this um, over the weekend? Or um, since this isn't something I can help you with. uh Uh-huh. You know, because sometimes when someone's unloading and they don't want advice or to fix it, be like, because this isn't something I can help you with. Uh, is there anyone else you can talk to about this? You know what I mean? Like anything yeah. like that and see if that can sort of pivot it. And it's also very key to do this before the monologue starts. You cannot interrupt it. Once the train is out of the station, honey, it is just chugging along. So you got to make sure you're kind of setting that up before. You can put some dynamite on the tracks if you really want to. Well, dynamite, then everyone's dead. And so that's not what you want to do. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm saying. Once the train, I, and there might be even metaphor, like, if, if, if uh, her girlfriend and her mom are receptive to this and understanding, there could almost be like a, a little saying or something that they she says to say, hey, like, you're starting to do this and um, we've agreed that we're going to do this at a different time. You know, like, um, you know, not, this is, this is the first thing that came to my brain and it's bad, but too much talky. I got a walkie. Like, you know, <laughs> that's just like, uh, that they would be like, Oh, you're right. I, I am starting on this train. I'm going to stop and we will talk at eight o'clock tonight after dinner. Like if they're understanding yeah. about it, I think, I think, I think also just expressing that emotionally it's too much for her to take yeah. on every time you know and too much it's very time consuming so it is absolutely Kate put that baby on a t-shirt <laughs> too much talky time to walkie I could see time one of your dra- I could see that one of your drawings and then that written underneath it <laughs> just saying it I can see it in my head it's very it's very present there uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I think the other thing like um, Naomi it's, it's like letting the other person know like what maybe you can handle and like, what is something for your friends to talk to? Like, I think there was a Naomi you you have had. I don't know about this anymore, but you did have a tendency to like unload everything on me. Well, I think I still do in the pandemic. I mean, I'm a real external, external thinker talker. Like, but, I'm really just putting it out there. But over time, I think you have learned to like sense when I can and cannot handle it because when mm. I'm going through my own stuff and can't and don't have the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, be like, oh, well, I do have friends that I can talk to about this stuff. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and maybe it's like talking to your girlfriend about, or your mother, if you want to <laughs> open open up the door to that room of hornets. Um, like, hey, this is, uh, this is maybe not a thing that I can deal with. Maybe this is something uh, Suzanne can deal with. Mm-hmm. Suzanne. And then, and then you bring out that mannequin that you've named Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we just solved that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Suzanne. You, uh, Fix I, it. Okay, <laughs> did you did you find like uh, parts of your parents and Jake? Like, was there were there certain things that that you felt? Uh, uh, re- let's call them resonances, uh, rhymes, <laughs> rhymes. You know, I think I. It's funny because I've wondered about this. I think I. 
I would guess I'm probably more like Jake's mom in some way that I think I he's found his mom <laughs> in, in me. Uh, mm-hmm. And then my dad is also very organized and and has a place for everything and is very clean. And Jake is that way. So I think I think that aspect for sure. But um, yeah, I know I can go back in other you know the few. Well, I don't know that any of my boyfriends are really like my parents. What am I saying? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> what about I, you, Naomi? Um, no, not really. <laughs> not, no, 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 not you at all. Not you at all. Is there anything? that You know, nothing will make you run into a white man's arms like an absent black dad. You know what I mean? The full opposite. The full opposite. I said, I want a nice man who going to stay. You and know, if that I, ain't Andy Beckerman, I don't know who is. I, I know that we're in the middle of uh, figuring out, uh, listening to these questions, but I, I, I know this is a simple question. I don't know. How did you guys meet? At the UCB Theater oh, in New York City. The uh, Upright yes. Citizens Brigade, uh, where the UCB 4 took the uh, Herald, developed by oh, Del Close, so we were and doing- brought it. We were doing, we were put on a lottery team where they like picked students from different levels. And so that's where we first met. And then we sort of became friends from there. And then a lot of chatted blossomed. all the time. Yeah, G chatted a lot. And um, that is where it all began. Yeah. But, yeah. But I, th- like, we were just in the right, it was the right time for was us it? to meet. Well, no. The first six to eight months was tumultuous but in terms really? of like being open to like weather weather the uh, tumult weather the, the typhoon the yeah. emotional typhoon right to to eventually be on the uh the calm seas of love <laughs> you love a metaphor today the calm seas of love but yes i think yeah we were both in a yeah you know it's like again like in that in that mode to have an actual relationship and yeah. like to work at it, right? Like, I think we were both kind of like, kind of close to becoming who we want it to be, right? Because I think we both met in the setting where we were trying to like pursue these dreams, yeah. right? So it's like, he, Andy only knows me as a comedian. You know what I mean? Like right. he doesn't know the before times. And that is um, in a way, Clean slate's not the right word, but just kind of like you're getting me as close to who I want to be in your in your power, as you said before. Yes, stepping into your power, right? Like Kate, when you met Jake, you were, are like what? What was that? You said 2016, right? 16, yeah. 2015, somewhere 20, around there. 20, I know what is time. 2017. I don't know. I know what around is, you there. Were, you were already established as a creative person, as someone with a career. So there was no yeah. kind of like you kind of knew who you were as a creative person at that point. And I think also Jake was as well. And I think that was also really nice for us to both be like, oh, we're, we're doing the thing that we dreamt of doing and mm-hmm. it's, it's going okay. <laughs> 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 Definitely. Yeah. Andy, do we have another cue? We do. Why don't we do this one? This comes to us anonymous from Instagram direct message. All right. Hi. I love the podcast. I have a question. I'm a 24-year-old woman and have never been kissed slash dated anyone. I feel more and more weird. This was picked, by the way, before I knew anything. Oh, about my it. gosh. I'm, yeah. My mouth is like, oh, yeah, here we go. All right. <laughs> this was before I knew anything. It was uh, – uh, so I just wanted that out there. I feel more and more weird about this because I spent most of the pandemic, eight to nine months, quarantining as the third wheel with my identical twin sister and her boyfriend. Ooh. I used to be okay with being a single late bloomer. 
I have had bad social anxiety slash panic disorders, and it took me 22 years to slowly inch towards overcoming some of it, then lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. But now I'm starting to worry that it'll be I'll be alone forever. My parents were married at my age. Is it too late for me? Who would want to date someone with no experience? Am I damaged goods forever? Thanks. You are not damaged goods. But Kate, it, you can answer, but no, I had to say that first. No, it's so true. This is like, I'm excited. Is this a, is, this is a girl? Wait, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. She, I'm excited for her. I, I think that this is like a great, this is a great time. I really, I was 23, 24 when I started dating, you know, like I totally relate to her. And first of all, you've got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. You got a whole lifetime ahead of you for dating. And and I think just trust that before wasn't the right time. And you and also trust that you were coming into your own before the pandemic. I think, unfortunately, it really threw us all for a crazy loop. And mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, like I forgot how to host people at my house. Like, so it's like it's just sort of like, you know, we're learning again how to sort of uh, get back into the swing of things. But in some way, that's kind of great, because if everyone's sort of feeling that and yeah. you're already feeling that it sort of puts you in the same situation that a lot of other people are in and also trust that you will find somebody who who likes you for who you are and it won't really matter that you've never dated before and that it'll be just an exciting new thing for you and um yeah I mean when I when I finally started dating I was like here I go and I really I went out on a lot of dates with a lot of people like I wasn't um like I mean a lot you know three or four five in a summer maybe you know but like it wasn't I I was just uh I was I was feeling it all out and Mm -hmm. you know there is no there's no timeline there are no rules and just Mm. go at your own pace I think and and also just do the things that feel you know comfortable I I think with dating often when you're starting out especially when you're in your 20s and you feel like everybody's been doing this for five ten years um that you just have to know that like you're you're on your own path and and it's going to happen in the right time Does that sound okay? (laughs) No, absolutely. I agree. I think it's also um, so important to know. Okay, here's the thing, too. Yes, I totally agree with you, Kate. I mean, like, we're all in this space now where we're kind of relearning how to get out there. And if anything, you've got more tools in place because you work to overcome anxiety and panic disorder. Like, we're now in your world, sister girl. So (laughs) you have, like, you know, you're on, you know how to kind of work through some of this. I also think some of this feeling you're having I can imagine that it is exacerbated by living with a fucking couple. You know, when you are around another couple, of course you feel like, well, what's wrong with me? And I don't have it, especially when the person in the couple looks exactly like yeah, you. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, was, that was in my head where I'm just like, oh, you're watching a version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Date. Yeah. And I have to imagine that is a mind fuck in some way. Right. Especially it's- if you're overcoming your own like social anxiety. Right. And then you see this person, it's like, I don't know how long they've been together. And so maybe you think, well, how come my identical twin was able to do this Mm. quickly? And I've had to struggle. And it goes back again to what Kate said, like being on your own path. And also, you know, when we talk about people having more experience and stuff, I, you know, I was not somebody who dated in high school at all. I did get a boyfriend freshman year of college and we were together for most of that first year. And then I had a boyfriend sophomore year, most of that first year. And that's who I lost my virginity to, like at 19, where I thought, oh, and even then I thought I was so much older than other people. And it's like, it wasn't even really, but it's like, looking back, I don't, I don't regret what I would have, what I would imagine were, um, 
bumbling, awkward times of sex and dating with a teenage boy. And I think also knowing my personality and you hear a wonderful writer who's talking about, you know, anxiety and panic. It's like there are things that maybe you couldn't have managed at 17, 18 and 19. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I did, I always joke that if I had actually had a boyfriend in high school, I would have been 16 and pregnant because I was someone who was so thirsty for a man and wanted to be liked that I could fully see myself like just having sex with some boy because he was like, I love you. And next thing you know, it's like, for the best, for the best that I didn't get into all that when I was younger, you know? And so, I don't know. You get to date as a grown-ass woman, and you get to date other adults, people who can might even be able to pay the bills. I mean, this is, like, <laughs> exciting and so much better than, like, you know, trying to go on a date when you're 19, which is basically just going to the dining hall together. It's like, no, this is your time. Dating a teenage boy is hell. I remember... <laughs> You remember being one. I just remember one time that like we were in like a fight and I paused the fight to watch The Simpsons. Can you imagine Kate Bakucci? Because Kate Bakucci, doesn't it sicken you? This was was obviously before DVRs. And so (laughs) So you had one shot. My mom was recording something else on the VCR, so I couldn't (laughs) record. And it was, look, honestly, it was 22 short stories about Springfield, a classic (laughs) Simpsons episode. So I'm glad I watched it live when it was first on. But I remember, I don't think we ever recovered from it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So dating a teenage, but you are, you did not miss out on yeah. anything at all. She she skipped all the, that, that, yeah, there's still, there are, there's always awkward times ahead with dating, but you skipped all the real, you know, <laughs> real awkward times. <laughs> so. And then there's also one other thing, because I would say this, do you, she she didn't mention it didn't specify like do you have friends because i think that like as long as you know how to socialize period you can date don't yeah. think that like because you haven't been kissed or something it's like well how will i date the same way you have a conversation with a friend the same way you go get coffee you know what i mean you just like assess whether or not you want to kiss them on the mouth yeah oh can i add that i think there is this ten i ha- i used to have this tendency so maybe this is not everyone but like if I went into a store, I felt like I was supposed to buy something. Mm, and I okay. took that mentality, I took that capitalist mentality <laughs> into the rest of my life where I'm like, well, I'm on this date, so I have to try to make this work, even if it was like a boring person. Uh, or even if like we we're just on different way, they, maybe they were interesting and we we're just on different wavelengths. Mm-hmm. Mostly it was they were boring. And uh, I'm like, well, I have to make this work. Uh, and I think that's a terrible mentality to have. Yeah. I think it ended with Naomi and I was just like, well, do I want to make this work? It was really like, like, like with you, Naomi, I think everything that where I had just done it before, cause I felt like I had to mm-hmm. was like me choosing to, mm-hmm. I think that was the difference. So if, if you go on a date with someone and it's boring, I mean, don't be rude. Don't be like, Hey, this is boring. I'm out of here. But you can be like, Hey, I don't think this is working. Yeah, absolutely. And just go fu- and like, don't feel compelled to right. keep like, like if the first yeah. person who comes along be like, "Are you are you my lover forever?" <laughs> you know, um, yeah, definitely. Like, just take it as it comes and don't put pressure on yourself. Treat it like you ha- you're you're making new friends. You're meeting people, seeing what they're about. And that's that's a great way to look at it. it. Is yeah, maybe you'll get a friend out of it, and maybe something more. But but also you have the power, like you know, and even if, even if mid date you don't feel like it's the right thing. You know, like, 
you know, how many, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure when you're on a date and then you're like, oh, this guy is not the right guy. And you know, five minutes in and then you have mm-hmm. to have like a two hour dinner. Hmm. Oh, no. you know, well, never so, go for meals. Never go yeah, for meals. That's, that's a good, good advice all in all. Yes. But I think, and it's exciting. And also I don't worry about not having, you know, the experience. Uh, I also will say that there are a lot of guys out there that will be excited by the fact that you haven't had a lot of experience. <laughs> and so, hey, that could be fun too. Oh, so. no. oh. <laughs> you're correct can i also no well, nope you're wait, gonna go down wait, the path. Andy, what's the matter what's the matter no i was gonna ask both of you like what <laughs> are, are these people creeps what's this deal what's this uh i don't think it doesn't have to be creepy i think it can be actually very very sweet you know um so i hope that this person finds somebody really sweet also my one hot tip especially because we're talking about you know two hour like a dinner or something with somebody here's my like my first date tip or just like going out get ice cream okay because that shit gonna melt in about 20 minutes you ain't got a lot of time for this back and forth get ice cream and then you can upgrade to coffee and then you can upgrade to like an evening beverage and then maybe you can have a hot meal Mm -hmm. but i say start with ice cream beware of smoothies that have seeds in them and this is something (laughs) i remember a girl telling me in college she said i went on this date and we had smoothies and there were like strawberry seeds or some kind of seeds and they were all in the cracks of her teeth and when she got home she was like oh my gosh so beware (laughs) of smoothies oh that's a very hot tip yeah i love that i think that look the thing above i think what kate said at the beginning is like there's no actual path there is something that like culture is telling you to do you don't have to do that thing just because you uh you know it's in every beer commercial it's in every uh sitcom you are also not your sister i have to remind you (laughs) that you are not your sister just because she's in this relation has been, you know, obviously living with this person, it doesn't mean that like that's what you're supposed to have as well at this moment. You're not, you're not her. You're just not her. I don't care how identical you are. Yeah. Kate, what, when did you like, did you enjoy dating like right at the beginning? Like when did you get comfortable with it? I think, I mean, in a lot of, a lot of experiences in my life, I just sort of like all of a sudden went from like not ready, not ready to ready. So like uh, Hmm. even with moving out to LA, I was very much a homebody and I loved being just at home with my parents and, you know, watching TV with them and playing games, like board games and stuff. So like then all of a sudden, (laughs) yeah, and then all of a sudden I was going to LA by myself and like I was finally ready in a very quick moment. And the same for dating. I just like wasn't, I felt awkward. I didn't feel right. I like had crushes, but I didn't know really what I was doing. And then all of a sudden something clicked and I did, feel ready to do it and I really enjoyed it I had fun it was like you know I I don't know that I took it like I wasn't looking for a husband then Mm -hmm. you know I was just like this is I want to go and have experiences and meet new people and I think I looked at it in that way um so yeah I feel like when this person is truly ready they're gonna Mm -hmm. have a great time if they just don't take it like like you're saying Andy I think that's a really good advice to be like the first person like you don't have to you don't owe them anything. You don't have to go on a second date if it didn't feel right. Um, you know, no pressure. Yeah. Are Are you someone like? Do you have like a song in your head? Like, do you? Do you? Well, no, no, no. Uh, what I'm trying to no. say is like, when you like write something, I was just picking a song. Could be whatever, right? Like, I have a tendency to like have the thing because I was I was really identifying when you said you like just I clicked, and I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that meant. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's like this. Like, I will have this thing in my head and it just sits there and it builds up and builds up until I have to, like, make it manifest. I have to write it. I have to, 
I, I have to put my hands to the guitar. I have to, whatever it is that it is, it's there and, and the pressure builds up in my brain until I, it, until it has to like escape into the world. Is that the same kind of thing? I, like, yeah. I don't know why I was like, it's like sort of like you drink water and then eventually you have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Elegant, simple. <laughs> You drink water, and eventually you have to pee. Oh. But no, I know. I mean, it does. It builds up in some ways. And I think also just having, I feel very much like I relate to this person who wrote. And it's just like, like you were saying, she's she's so much more a fully formed person. And how great to begin dating when you know so much more of who you are. But also, mm-hmm. Naomi, like you were saying, she has to remember, she's so, she's not her sister. And, and no, don't, not to compare, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we call yeah. it the the bladder theory of life or something like that. The urinary theory of, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And when things are going bad, you have a UTI. Okay. I yeah. love this. Let's write yeah. this book. Let's write this book. And then what's your emotional cranberry juice? Okay. We'll just do that off mic. We'll do that off mic. Your emotional cranberry was, juice. You know what, Kate? I want to thank you for coming and helping these, helping our dear listeners answering all of our questions. It was beautiful. I, I like had I'm such a great time, you guys. Thanks for thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, thanks for uh, being a, a sunny person in a lives. dark world. <laughs> in a dark, cold world. Kind of true. <laughs> kind of true. Yeah. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the app, and we will see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.